at this stage of the season, I would try to get someone who is explosive because um, you know there's only so few weeks left. If you manage to catch a double-digit haul, it will go a long way compared to someone who will get you know six points or something like that. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the Game Week 36 preview and this is Siva, joined once again by Sam. Sam, how is Game Week 35 treating you so far? Not too bad actually, considering I didn't really um, load up on double Game Weekers. That said, we are not at the end of the Game Week. It could go downhill from here, so we'll see. But... So far, um, this is... What day is today? It's Wednesday night. So the Arsenal-Chelsea games yet to be played. What other games is left? You've got Villa v Everton and you've yeah. also got Man United v Liverpool. Yeah, so I don't own DCL so that Villa game could go badly for me. And the United-Liverpool game, I have Salah captain which is a big differential but at the same time I don't have Bruno. So as a United fan, I'm hoping we win. But at the same time, Salah scores, you know, a few goals. But at the same time, Bruno doesn't score any. Very specific conditions. <laughs> so, so yeah, but anyway, I'm on 75 right now. Doing pretty okay, I think. Yeah, you're doing alright. You've got Salah captain 75. Uh, we won't spend too much time talking about our individual teams today because it's still halfway through the game week. I'm on 77, but I took a minus 8. But I have Bruno captain, so... And I have DCL. So I'm feeling reasonably confident I'll catch you before the end of the week, Sam. But let's see. Yep. You don't have wood. I don't have wood. That's, and that's it's, your mistake. It's, it's, it's getting really hard for me now, you know, that I don't have wood. It, it's starting to annoy me because I knew... I watched that match, right? Fulham and uh, Burnley. And I, I knew it was going to happen. I told... I, sp- I went on FPL Mariner's show. Uh, shout out to him, by the way. Uh, on Friday... Last Friday. Last Thursday. And I said, you know, we're talking about forward options. And I said, Chris Wood is almost certainly going to score this week. Because some people are asking, should they replace Wood for Watkins? And I said, uh, oh. as, as much as Ollie Watkins has a double, Chris Wood is in the form of his life. You cannot sell him before Fulham. And he scores. He's actually the most informed player right now in FPL. It's not just the 20 points, right? He's been doing it even before that and after that, right? Yeah. And if you did sell for Watkins, then my condolences to you. This was not the week to do it. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just looking back. Back to game week 27. Wood has returned. He has returned in every game week except for game week 32. He's been extremely consistent. Anyway, let's let's. Since we're on Wood, um, should we just go straight into our first part of of the of the pod this week? Yeah, let's not waste time. And Chris Wood features in the first uh, part of our pod this week, which is. Oh wait, so <laughs> we haven't gone through your team yet. Ah, there's nothing much to go through. I, I don't, like I said, you know, we'll post our teams once the week is over. But basically, I'm on 77 on a minus 8. I have Bruno and Bruno Captain. Is, is there anything else? I have Emil Smith-Rowe, which I like to tell people about. Because I kept Emil Smith-Rowe for this double. And I just believed and I hoped and prayed that he would get a chance against West Brom. He gets a chance. He scores. He looked great. Came off early with an injury. I'm really happy with that. It's a good punt, I would say. Yeah, as an Arsenal fan, so rare to see my Arsenal players come into my team. Even rarer to see them return. So, very good for me with that. A little unfortunate that he had to limp off a bit. I felt if he stayed on the pitch, maybe he's getting another goal. Completely robbed by FPL. No bonus points. Ridiculous. But DCL came in for me. He did well. I have Jamie Vardy. He's going off this week. The worst transfer I think I've made 
in my FPL history ever, period, because he has caused me so much pain and he's just not worth the price. You were right on that. So I'm curious to see what you'll be telling me about forwards now, because <laughs> let's go straight into our first topic, right? Which is the best forwards for the final three games. Everybody wants to know this because they own Nacho, they want to sell him. Some, like me, own Vardy, want to sell. Others own other players who blank, want to sell. So best forwards. And f- many people have sold Kane as well. And that's some of our questions here. We'll list them out. FPL Pot Noodle, very loyal listener. Both of your top three forwards for the run-in and Kane or no Kane, Vardy boys. Budget forwards. DCL looks the obvious pick. But someone like Bamford with three fairly decent fixtures may be a better bet. FPL 7 min. Is Kane a must-have for the rest of the season as he's going for the golden boot? I sold him last week for DCL. To be fair, I sold him as well. Uh, Nano Africa. Is Sun more essential than Kane? And Nigel Lim, who is the leader of our mini league, by the way, and he's 700 in the world now. And I don't know why he's asking us for advice. We probably should be asking him. But he sold Kane and Sun. He's free-hitting a blank game week 36. He's thinking of getting Sun and Kane back in. But is it safe to go without them for game week 37 38? So I thought we'd take Spurs and the forwards questions together because Kane features in a lot of them. You kept Kane, Sam. I got rid of Sun and Kane last week. What do you think about holding on? Do you going to hold on to Kane for the rest? And do you think people with souls should get him back? Well, I think if you have him, there's really no reason to, to sell, right? If you're already here, there's only three more game weeks. Spurs are fighting for a Champions League spot. So I will keep Kane. He was a bit unlucky this week. He hit the post, right? With that free kick. So, and he had the offside goal, which yeah. I think was very cruel. Yep, yep. So that too. So a bit unlucky, you know, if he scored that free kick, he's, he was awarded that goal. We won't even be having this conversation, right? So I would definitely keep Kane. I wouldn't sell. To bring him back in though, now that's a different question. It depends who you're taking out, right? I would definitely um, take out Nacho this week. He's been, you know, he's been doing really well these past few weeks. But he has a blank followed by Chelsea away. Tough game. And then Spurs at home for the final game. So I don't see a reason to keep him through the blank and then, you know, risk it for two tough games when you could get someone who has three um, easier games, so to speak. I would... Try to get Kane back in if if it pos- if it's possible for your team. And uh, before we move on to the other budget forwards, what about Sun? So you don't own Sun. I sold Sun as well with Kane last week. Sun scoring again. I feel bad that I didn't own him, but it's I don't feel like it's not something I need to go back to anytime soon. I think I can cover him with other midfielders. What would you say to getting Sun back in? Well, I do regret <laughs> not uh, having Sun these past few weeks, right? So he scored in 35. In 34, he had goal and assist, 12 points. In 32, 33, he blanked. But in 32, um, he had a double where he blanked in one and scored in one. So he's been returning quite well, I think. If you have Sun, really, I don't see um, any reason for you to, to sell, right? Definitely keep him. To bring him back in, highly team-dependent, right? I would love to be able to fit him back in, but... I don't have a spare transfer to make and I'm quite happy with my midfield. So, yeah. But if you are looking for a midfielder this week, I I do like Sun and Kane for these next two fixtures. I think Spurs really going to push because um, they, you know, they got to secure their top four or at least try. It's interesting you say that because 
we'll come back to Sun because we're going to talk about midfielders, uh, especially Mares, Mane, and I think Sun will feature in that discussion. But coming back to forwards, right? And you say Kane and Spurs need to make a push. Maybe this is biased because I've already sold him. But Spurs, I feel the defeat to Leeds takes a lot of uh, energy, a lot of wind out of their sails. And I feel now is the time that you can try to chance a budget forward who has three better fixtures or who has something to play for. And for this, I'm looking at guys like Antonio and Bamford and to a lesser degree, Chris Wood, who's in form. Don't you think now's the time you could take a chance on those guys if you didn't own Kane? Yeah, I do think so, actually. I guess um depends where you are in your league. If you're chasing to go up, then maybe go for a differential. A player that's not so highly owned. But if you are, you know, near the top, you need a... What's the weather? A shield pick to protect your rank. Then, you know, Kane's the safe choice, so to say. If you do need a differential, then... Let's go through the differentials right now. Or the budget picks. Well, the three people who are top of the transfer list, and I think the three people who are coming under everybody's uh, radar is Bamford, who leads uh, transfers this week for forwards. Then it's DCL, then it's Antonio, and then Wood. Kane also after that. So for me, I already own DCL, and I, I think DCL is definitely the one to go for. Sheffield United this week. And there's a lot to say. Uh, I've seen uh, talk about how DCL's last fixture is against Man City. So therefore, does that count against him? And I think the lesson of this week, right, with Mason Greenwood getting 18 points, he's blanking next week. A lot of us, myself included, probably didn't go in because we felt he's got a blank next week or he's got bad fixtures, so maybe I won't go for him. And if you miss out on the one week, it can hurt you. So DCL plays Sheffield United this week, then Wolves next week. That's as good a double as you're going to... I mean, as good a set of two fixtures as you're going to get. Man City on the final day could go either way. They've won the title. Maybe they don't show up. Yeah. They've got a Champions League final to prepare for. So maybe they, maybe I would go. Maybe youth team, right? Maybe. You know, they, maybe Steph- they play Zach Steffen. Yeah, Zach Steffen again, <laughs> right? And you... It clearly disrupts their rhythm. You saw what happened against Chelsea. Yeah. I for me, DCL has to be the topic now, and I'm not saying this with hindsight because I already have him. Yeah, I do agree. I've looked through these forwards, right? Because I am planning to take out um Nacho this week. Looking through the list, of course, I already own Wood. I already own Kane. So then my options are between Antonio, DCL, and Bamford, right? And I do agree. DCL's fixtures look the best. City may be easier than it looks on paper for the reasons we said earlier or you know if you have a strong bench you could just bench him in that final fixture so definitely I would rank um, DCL as the top pick for budget strikers this week second I would put Antonio because um, decent fixtures right they play Brighton then West Brom then Southampton so you can definitely see goals in there West Ham are still fighting for something too so I will put him second. And that means you'd have Wood or Bamford as being third in that list. Am I biased if I say Wood? <laughs> no, Bamford should be third, I think, in this uh, priority. Because, um, you know, Leeds, although they kind of don't have anything to play for, but you can see from the team, I don't think Bielsa is letting them go on the beach, you know. <laughs> they're still playing properly, they're still scoring. So they're all good picks, right? But... Just that little something that separates DC and Antonio from Bamford is that they really are fighting for a top four place. And just to circle back to the thing about you said about teams being beached, right? We got a lot of questions this week uh, about what 
Being wary of beach teams, teams who have nothing to play for. We have FPL Eggie Bread asking, do we need to be wary of beach teams? Uh, Carrick uh, FPL Law asking if, should we ignore both the Man United, both Man United and Man City since they kind of have nothing left to play for? First and second almost wrapped up. Uh, FPL Art asking, is it tough to find any differentials here? Because so few teams have something left to play for. For me... I, uh, so a few weeks ago, I think we were talking a lot about beach teams and th- teams have nothing to play for. But in the subsequent weeks, you've seen results like Newcastle beating Leicester. Newcastle didn't really have anything to play for. They were almost safe already. But they still went out and they played and they won. West Brom against Arsenal. Now, West Brom lost, right? I'm just picking this as an example. Uh, when it was 2-1, when Matis Pereira scored and Arsenal looked like they're on the ropes, Carl Bartley says to all his teammates, and he can be heard saying this, he says, let's go, lads. They get one more, they'll shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he really say that? He he said that word for word. I'm not even making it up, okay? He can be heard saying it on the mic. And West Brom had nothing to play for. They were definitely going down either way. And my feeling on this is you can't really find a specific rule. It's your luck, really, if a team has decided to take a break for the day or not. Multiple teams have different reasons to keep playing. Like you say, Bielsa and Leeds. Bielsa's not going to let them rest. Other teams may be playing for a move. Talked about uh, Crystal Palace and we talked... Yeah, Matthias Pereira, obviously somebody who wants to stay in the Premier League. Multitude of factors, right? A team like Sheffield United, I really don't think there's anything left to play for. But it's hard to find a fixed rule to say which teams are beach, which are not. Individuals in the team may have something to play for, even if the team as a whole has nothing left. Yeah. I, I don't like conjecture, right? When it comes to this kind of thing. So I don't like saying that teams are on the beach unless... They have shown that they are, right? And I think in the past few weeks, you kind of can get an idea already. Sheffield definitely on the beach in the sense, you know, they can't do anything. Crystal Palace, same. You know, they're they're just, their XG is terrible. Their XGC is terrible. One of the worst um, teams in terms of stats right now in the league. So you can see which teams are already on the beach. But I wouldn't... Um, assume or make my own predictions like oh in these next few games you know this might happen this might happen i prefer to look on what's already been happening the past few weeks and i think form people don't like that word sometimes but it's so crucial right chris wood yeah. and burnley do burnley have something to play for uh no. they're all, they're basically <laughs> safe but would you expect chris wood to stop scoring i don't think so so i think form takes precedent over what's this what are you gonna call this mentality Beachness, beach, uh, on the beachness. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Form is the most important factor, right? I know um, there's a big debate: is there such thing as form? Is uh, yeah, we're not gonna go into that right now, but that's what I would look at. But coming back to okay, so you ranked it in order. You said DCL first, then you said Antonio second, and then you have sort of suggested that Bamford would be third in that list, right? Yeah. Are you concerned about Antonio's uh, performance against West Ham, uh, against West Ham, against Everton? Because that seems to have turned a lot of people off. Now, for me, it doesn't really turn me off because I still think West Ham have so much to play for. I think Everton always a tough opponent. Ancelotti, they're kind of a really defensive team. They're just an expensive Burnley. I don't think West Ham's remaining opponents, which is Brighton, West Brom, Southampton, I think there's plenty of opportunities for somebody like Antonio to bully them, score some goals. Everybody talks about how Brighton's XGC numbers are really good, but we know Brighton give up goals for fun, like cheaply give up goals. Uh, no, sorry, no dunk. No dunk. Which and is possibly, a very bit factor, actually. Yeah, so there are a couple of results this season where they've done okay without him. I think one or two. And people keep pointing to that, oh, they did well in those games. They kept nil all draws or something. 
it's worth a shot. That's what we're saying. You know, nothing guaranteed, but it's definitely worth a shot to go Antonio against a, a dunkless Brighton. Possibly no Veltman, definitely no Mopé. I agree. The reason why I rank Wood the lowest is because of explosiveness. Now, I know you're going to say he had a hat-trick <laughs> in Game Week 33, <laughs> so 20 points. But that was the anomalies of all anomalies, man. Normally, he just scores a goal, whereas Bamford, Antonio, and DCL have the potential to score more. So I will go uh, for them over Wood. But yeah, I, I, I think just that having that something to play for, right, really ranks DCL and Antonio slightly above Bamford. Antonio, I wouldn't be concerned about his performance. I'm more concerned about his injury record, right? You don't want to spend a transfer and then get injured for, you know, even if he's injured a week, that is the whole season, right? Because there's only, <laughs> the whole season is in a week's time. That would be my only concern with Antonio. So if you are going in for Antonio, please wait until the very last hour before you make your transfer. And <laughs> watch uh, West Ham's injury news very closely. It is a risk, you know, his hamstring can go at any time. But if you never owned players who could get injured, I mean, there'd be so many chances you'd be shut out of. It's just three games. This is all you need him for. And if the Brighton fixture wasn't this week, if he just had West Brom and Southampton, I guarantee you this wouldn't be a conversation. Everybody would be going in. Yep. Agreed, agreed. Bamford, I just want to... We've spent a lot of time on this topic, but I just want to finish off on Bamford. My concern with Bamford, I probably will still get him because I've sort of earmarked leads for these last three fixtures. I have an issue here with Bamford has not played 90 minutes regularly uh, over the past few weeks. In fact, if you go back to game week 28, he's only played the full 90 twice. Rodrigo coming back is causing the problem here. He keeps getting subbed off. It's fine if like this week he scores and then gets subbed off. You don't care. But there are weeks where he doesn't score and he gets subbed off early as he did against Brighton, as he did against Sheffield United. That's what's putting me off Bamford a bit. How do you yeah, feel about that? The minutes is... I mean, Rodrigo is their club record signing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 30 mil. Yeah. Beginning of season, he was kind of, you know, getting into grips with Leeds and their whole system. And then he got injured. Now he's back. And I do feel Bielsa is at least trying. I mean, we all know he's really loyal to Bamford. He loves Bamford. But at least it seems like he is trying to, to give him um, more game time. So I would be concerned about that, actually. And I think that's why I would agree with you in saying that Antonio is ranked higher above Bamford. But I think Wood being fourth is fair because Leeds and Liverpool next for him. But his final game is Sheffield United. And I will do everything I can to get Chris Wood in. I think he's a genuine captaincy shout for final day. <laughs> he's not going to get another hat trick. You don't know that, man. Because I, I final day is always crazy. I remember captaining Olivier Giroud for a hat trick against Aston Villa in a fairly nothing game a few years ago. And that's change my rank on the final day. You you don't know what could happen and it's perfect time to take a punt, especially if you're chasing. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's a conversation for our next part. I think we've sort of established this. I think just to circle back to Sun and Kane, Nano Africa, we didn't really address this. Is Sun more essential than Kane? Hard to say. I think if you own either one, it's fine. Kane was really unlucky this week. If, he, if that goal wasn't disallowed, you probably wouldn't have this question. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think either of them is essential in that sense. Yeah, but I think if you own one good enough, which is what we've always said, uh, yeah. and you and still can get points your, elsewhere. Yeah, depends on your team, I guess. Because for me, I would love to have Sun, but I just can't fit him in my midfield right now. I have, So I have Kane, right? It depends on how your team is structured. I would get at least one for, for their next few fixtures. Although that said, I think you can do pretty well even if you have neither, like Siva has been doing. 
none of these players are essential, right? You didn't own Bruno and credit to you, you know, you stayed away from that temptation and you're on for cost for a very decent green arrow this week. So yeah. it can be done. Should have kept them Greenwood. Anyway, the week's not over yet. We'll see how it goes. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. Let's move into defense a bit. Uh, CFC Nick 3. Dean or Kufal for the last three games? Joseph Melvin, thoughts on West Ham assets? Kufal links Antonio. We've spoken about Antonio quite a bit. Uh, FPL swing, best dunk replacement. Let's just uh, spit around here for defender Sam. Dean v Kufal, who both seem like standout picks at this point. Dean, my only concern is I did see a report that says Rodriguez may be fit. James Rodriguez may be fit for this weekend for Everton. That, I think we discussed, this lessens Dean's attacking a threat because of set pieces. Yeah. Kufal has suddenly come into form and he's getting assists. Yep. Almost scored this week. He hit the post. That's um, his whole like, season, mate. Trust me. Against Everton, do. right? Yeah. Really in form. But West Ham are so bad defensively right now. Consistently conceding like 2-3 goals every single game. So if you're getting Kufal, you're literally only you know, um, trying to get attacking returns, right? No clean sheets are coming. That said, he's been getting attacking returns almost every week. It's quite insane. Yeah. But I would go Dean because as we know, Dean, Everton has been keeping quite a lot of clean sheets past few weeks, so that's clean sheet potential. He is very attacking as well. You know, if you are lucky and you get both of it in the same week plus the bonus, you know, you're going to fly up. Can't say the same for Kufal. Because the fact that he's not getting clean sheets affects his bonus, affects um, his points potential. So I would definitely go Dean over Kofal. I agree. Because uh, especially with this week, they play Sheffield United. You always want to get get started off with a clean sheet. Sheffield United these days, I may be tempting fate, but it feels like a guaranteed clean. Yeah. The strikers in jail are arrested. Oh yeah, Ollie McBurney. Yeah. Yep. So, Dean, definitely. I am selling two defenders this week and I'm bringing in Dean and Dallas. That's my plans right now anyway, subject to team news. I strongly consider Kufal, but I think just West Ham's defense has just put me off Kufal. Oh yeah, how do we not? Yes, Dallas. I, in fact, uh, I would rank... Would I rank Dallas above Dean? I think I would. Yeah, because I would too. We- we debate Dean's attacking threat, but nobody's asking questions about Dallas' attacking threat. That's a given. Yeah. He's going to be a midfielder next season. So, you know, enjoy some of his defense points while you can. Defender points. Uh, and then we can have ailing the Dallas threads again. <laughs> yeah. So, I assume he's not asking about Dallas because he maybe already owns Dallas. I don't. And I don't think I've ever owned him this season. I have I have owned him once and it was for the 17 points against uh, Southampton in that double I had Ailing. I had um, what's his name Strock yeah Pascal Strock never had Dallas so I'm just gonna get him for the next few weeks so Dallas is the best defensive pick right now in my opinion Dean because of his next fixture next two fixtures and as we said earlier that last game against City you know can go Everton's way Everton might be playing for an Europa League spot. Yeah, and I mean, may sound hindsighty, but I'm I just looking at minutes, and if you need a cheaper option, Ben Godfrey is not the worst pick. He has been playing 90 minutes in almost every game, dating back to game week 21. So 5.0, if you really can't get uh, get up to all these other guys we're talking about, Ben Godfrey is an option. Although at this stage of the season, I would try to get someone who is explosive. 
because um, you know there's only so few weeks left. If you if you manage to catch a double digit haul, it will go a long way compared to someone who will get you know six points or something like that. That I think that's a fair point, yeah, and probably strengthens the Dallas argument. Let's move to midfielders. Everybody this week is asking about Mares, Mane, Salah. So we've got a question here. FPL Amudada asking, is it worth shipping Bruno and Slabhead out for a minus four? Planning on bringing in Mares And Slamat Hari Raya. Yes, happy uh, Slamat Hari Raya to all those who celebrate uh, Idol Fitri across the world. Uh, all those listening to us, our Muslim friends. FPL Mariner asking us, show me the money. FPL Swing, best Man City asset for Game Week 36, which I'm going to assume is going to be the midfielders, but we'll come to it. FPL Frazier, loyal listener, great friend of the pod. Mane v Salah, if you want to bring one of them this week. And would you cap Mane or Mares over Salah? So Mane, Mares, Salah, Sam, you brought in Salah this week, which I was uh, surprised by, but it's, I would say he was unlucky not to return more against Southampton. He still could do well against United. Going into this week, do you, you mentioned Mane a few weeks ago, whether you should get Mane in, and I saw, I think I talked you down on about it, but he's definitely doing okay now. Yeah. Also got Mares this week. Between those three, I, who are you looking at? I was really, really close on bringing in Mane this week. Kind of angry at myself that I didn't, although the, you know, the game week's not over yet. Salah could end up doing better. But I was really close. Then I chickened out. <laughs> and I thought, never mind, I'll just go Salah. Captain him, you know, there'll be a big differential. So yeah, Mane looks to be on form. Few games left. I mean, I really don't see any reason, any strong argument not to. Especially if you're chasing a differential, no one has money. And most people, I mean, you and I included, have three Liverpool. And unlikely that any of us are going to take a transfer, unfortunately, to get rid of Diogo Jota. He was unlucky this week. Also. I don't know if you can call it unlucky because or just bad finishing, right? Because he had so many chances. But he's been getting chances almost every single week, yet not returning, not putting them away. So is this unlucky or is it just bad finishing? Stats guys will tell you that he's regressing to the mean or something like that. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, he had such a good run at the start of the season. I think we were entitled to go in. He's had chances. He's not putting them away. To be fair, Liverpool as a whole have not been putting away their chances. Yep. But I still think it's encouraging enough to keep him. The fact that he is getting into those positions, still getting chances, getting shots off, just that it's not going in. But... Not worth a transfer out, especially this week when most of us are fighting blanks, right? Okay, back to Mane versus Salah. I think versus Maris. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Wait, Mane versus Salah first. It's a uh, you know same as who are we saying about this now? Um, safe versus differential. So Salah's the safe pick definitely, but if you need a differential to fly up and you're willing to take the risk, then go Mane. Now, Mares, I don't know, how do you feel about City's midfield? I'm still really worried about rotation. There's only so few games left in the, you know, in the season. I don't want to have to fight Pep's rotation for these next few games, so I'm still avoiding City midfielders. It is hard for me to justify the Mares punt. It's so tempting because you can see it, right? One week, he'd, Newcastle, he can definitely score. But I think a lot of factors count against Mares. Like you say, rotation's the biggest issue here because it's all well and good if you've got 11 players this week and you can take that chance. I will be lucky to have 11 and I cannot afford to bring in a guy who doesn't start. And also, I'm setting myself up for an issue next week because almost 99% if he starts this week, no guarantees he starts next week. If he doesn't start next week, he's definitely not starting game week 38, you'd have to think because that's just before the Champions League final. The fact that I'm having this many questions... Is it really worth bringing in a guy 
who may haul, may not haul. Yeah, I, I am 100% on the same page with you about, I mean, not only Mares, but any City um, player right now. I have been tempted, right? Because we all know City on their day can do well, but are they still, uh, will they still, you know, be pushing forward for it or will they sort of take their feet off the pedal a bit, protect their star players for the final? They're still going to play, don't get me wrong. They're not going to you know, sit on the bench for the next three game weeks because you definitely need some fitness in. But definitely Pep will be looking towards the... Champ- Sorry. Definitely Pep will be looking at the Champions League final. So I'm really, really um, not keen <laughs> on fighting Pep's rotation these next few weeks. So I'm staying away. I think the issue here is... Okay. If you're on a free hit, this is not a question, right? I think you definitely can take a chance on at least one Man City attacker this week because it's free hit. You have that luxury. And if you had to pick one City attacker, I would pick Mares for free hit over Foden. I think Mares is the more direct attacker. I would definitely go for Mares. I also think Mares has a better chance of playing the full 90. Foden, for some reason, tends to get subbed off. Don't know why. Just seems to happen. And he would always be playing a little deeper as the midfielder. Are we, are we being too safe though, Sam? Coming back to people who don't have free hit, right? And need to make a transfer. For that short one week where you get the haul, are we being too safe? Are we being too conservative? Should you actually take a chance? Um, <laughs> I don't know. To me, you can get your differentials with other players, right? It doesn't have to be a City midfielder. There's no guarantee that they will even, you know, do really well, right? I mean, it is Newcastle. On paper, it looks easy. But as we see, Newcastle demolished Spurs. Um, not Spurs, sorry. They demolished Leicester. Leicester. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. 4-0 at first, right? Before Leicester managed to pull two back. Yep. So, it's tough to call. And I think, even if I was on the free hit, I would still go for other players. Would you say Sun is a better option over Mahrez? Yeah, I would say. Um, purely because you guaranteed that he will start. Not that he will do better, but I would be more confident um, that Sun will, you know, will start, which is already a big plus. So over the course of the three fixtures, Sun would be the better asset? Over the three fixtures? Definitely, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you know that he's going to start all three, 100%. Yeah. So I think the easy answer to this, right, is if you have a really strong bench, and you are willing to take this one-week punt on Mars, go for it, knowing full well that chances are next week, he ain't going to play. Yeah. At the same time, even if you have a strong bench, he might come off for a one-pointer or stuff like that. So it's really hard. It's just, I don't want to deal with the rotation, so I'm just staying away. Yeah. I, ultimately, I guess it's a mindset thing, right? Mars might be the better pick this week, just uh, given the fixture. Maybe. Assuming he starts, we don't know. Uh, the one good thing I will say that Mars has is that City Newcastle is the early fixture, it's the Friday night fixture. If we're lucky, sometimes you get fixture uh, team sheets that are accurate being leaked. We knew the Leicester team sheet quite early this week, for example. So if you're lucky and it's confirmed Mars is starting, then if you have a strong bench, there's so many factors to consider. But then I would would strongly consider it. Yeah, that's true, especially on the free hit, right? But to bring them in for the next three weeks, I don't know if I would. Because you already know that they're probably at most going to play two out three. So. Fair. And I think a good example of that has been the issues we've had with Sterling this season, right? Not just bad form, but also the fact that people tried to bring him in. It hasn't really worked. KDB, a similar example, getting benched out of nowhere. So just I mean, any any city has had this whole season, right? Yeah. Mahrez, Foden. You dealt with the Foden rotation. 
Yes, I uh, started the season. <laughs> no, mate, I, I have not forgotten. And I, I'm cr- very much aware that all of us will have dealt with it. So it's something that you guys need to look at previously dealing with it this season. Are you okay to take that kind of risk? Because this, there is a risk and we can't tell you for sure whether he starts or not. Probably Pep doesn't even know, to be fair. Other than that, any other midfielders you want to highlight? Well, I would because we've got a question here from AGFPL. Who to sell first, Jota or Lingard? We talked about Jota and we wouldn't we wouldn't want to sell yet, especially with West Brom coming up. Lingard would be the other midfielder you'd be talking about. Great run to the end of the season. Yes, he's had three blanks in a row. I'm not panicking. Maybe there's some bias here, but I generally think Lingard's got a decent shot of returning in the next three. Good fixtures, something to play for. All the factors we talked about, probably still on pens as well with Noble being out. Yeah. Antonio, maybe? Does Antonio take pens? Uh, Lingard took the pen against Leeds. Antonio was on the pitch. Uh, I think Lingard keeps... He He missed that pen, but it does... (laughs) Maybe I'm assuming too much here, but I think uh, West Ham do want to keep Lingard happy. I think they would like to make the transfer permanent. Maybe I'm assuming things, but I see no reason for them to take it off Lingard despite that miss. Okay, so this week I would sell neither, right? Because they both play and we're all fighting blanks. But if you put... That aside, just looking at you know these two players objectively, I would sell Lingard over Jota. In fact, if I could, if let's say I had a full playing team, I would sell Lingard. Um, because I feel, which is different than you, right? But I feel that he's not been performing. Um, stats-wise, not performing. Eye test, not performing. Just not been doing so well the past few games. So, which is why I benched him this week. And yeah, I think if you can afford it, it's time to go for Lingard, in my opinion. Interesting. But because he plays, I'm still keeping him. And I my plan is to shift him out for... Um, spoiler alert, right? Because it's next game week. But I want to take him out for St. Maximin. For Newcastle's last two fixtures. Whoa, that is a big shout. I mean, Wilson's out, right? But even when Wilson was out... Um, you know, once um, there was, I think, two or three games where he Saint Maximin was back, but Wilson was still injured, and he did really well those in those few games. Plays Sheffield in thirty seven, and then Fulham in thirty eight. Uh, the best two fixtures to end the season. Saint Maximin, that's that's who I, I'll probably go for. So would you not say? And I know they're playing Man City this week, and it's a tough fixture. But if that's your plan, right, for those people who do have a transfer to spare, looking to bring in a midfielder this week, why not St. Max? Because definitely got great fixtures to end the season. Instead of doing one transfer this week and then another transfer next week when transfers are limited anyway. Yeah, I mean, I still wouldn't take Lingard out this week. I I wouldn't bring him in right now because they're playing City. So if I was in that position, I would just bank the transfer. If really you you know already have a full team, which I doubt because most of us have United players, have um, Leicester players, so I don't think anyone is facing, uh, is, has a full team this coming week. Yeah, so in a don't buy, don't sell kind of uh, area right now. Yeah, for Lingard this week, but next week it's a sell for me. St. Max, I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. All right, so to recap, right, uh, between the Mane and Salah debate, you'd say Salah for the people who want to play safe, but if you want to be differential, you want to take a punt, you want to chase go for Mane. On paper, you would you agree that Mane is probably slightly ahead of Salah at the moment? Or you think it's kind of level? It's hard to say. In terms of FPL points, yes. But if in terms of eye tests, I think they're both... Salah is slightly more threatening, I think. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think Salah always gets in the right positions. He's still doing that consistently. And he has pens, which can make a, a small difference become a huge difference, as you saw with Bruno this week. And uh, to the question earlier of uh, FPL Amudada, is it worth shipping Bruno and Maguire out? Now, Maguire, easy question. He's out for the season. So si- early reports suggest that he's out for the season. It definitely is not coming back this week. So definitely get rid. Bruno, Sam. Okay, I own Bruno. Funnily, I have got Bruno in. And would should I hold him? Tables have turned, right? There's a time when you kept telling me to get Bruno and I refused and how times have changed. You own Greenwood though, so I think it's a comparable situation. Worth chipping out Man United mids. Yes, I no? would chip out. Um, okay, subject to how what happens against Liverpool, I guess. But if he keeps up the numbers um, that you know he's been putting FPL points in these past few weeks, I mean, aside from that pen, he really hasn't you know provided any FPL points. So if nothing happens against Liverpool, then I would probably ship out. Again, you only have two fixes left. Now granted, uh, so after the blank, they play Fulham, right? Which is a good fixture. After that, Wolves, also a good fixture. But United's Europa League game is very near, um, very soon after the last game week. So you can expect rotation in that last game too. So then you only really got Fulham. I would sell Bruno this week. Just um, you you already be ahead, right? Um, because he blanks, you get in someone who plays. So then factor in that he might not even play that last game week, and then with his form, yeah, I would sell. Agreed, because I think the last game week now more all the more incentive. After only saw the performance against Leicester, the youngsters did pretty okay. You know, they ran Leicester quite close. I think he's got every in- right and incentive to rest again, and he yeah. will probably do that. So if you hold, you're basically only keeping for one game week, probably, you know. So Which is a good game week against Fulham. So if you can hold and you have a bench, go ahead. But if you can't make an 11 this week, I think you've got to just take the hit. Yeah, yeah. Because getting a player who plays three, there's three fixed resources, one, you know. It's a no-brainer. And I think that sort of answers uh, Carrick uh, Lowe's question as well. I wouldn't be transferring anybody from the... I think the Manchester teams have sort of explained, uh, with the exception of Mahrez, with all the risks that come in, the Manchester teams probably are kind of reaching a no-go area now that we see that both both teams are comfortable rotating, whereas previously it was just one. Art FPL talking about, is it wise to take hits at this late stage of the season? Sam, you're becoming a little more conservative than me. You didn't take any hits this week. I took a minus eight. Uh, how do you feel about hits at this stage? I think it's kind of team dependent. If you can't make an 11, I would totally back you taking a hit. I'm going to have to take a minus eight this week. I think... I mean, look at them, right? So, United players, you can probably take a hit to get them out because, again, most of them will probably only play one in the next three, right? The next three game weeks. So, worth the hit. Leicester have tough fixtures after the blank. So, again, might be worth taking a hit. So, it depends on who you're taking the hit for. But definitely, I think it's worth it. It's worth a hit this week. And uh, Dan Moon, loyal listener who is having a season of his life, okay? He is, uh, he was 6K. The rank has doubled this week because he went Bruno without Bruno. How do you suggest getting back into top 10K with three week, three game weeks left? Should I just attack with transfers? By the way, Sam has cracked me up listening to the pod. Great work, lads. So Sam, <laughs> since he's given you a shout out and he has no Bruno like yourself, what would you recommend last three weeks? How should he attack? Okay, so it depends. And, and this is kind of applicable for everyone, right? If you're in a rank where you're pretty happy, of course you want to go up, but you're kind of happy, then try to go with safer picks 
right? You kind of maintain with a few differentials. If that goes off, then you know you get to go up. But if you are totally not happy with your rank, right, and you want to go in a like all or nothing kind of thing, either then you go for extreme differentials, as many differentials as you can, captain your differentials, and then you either go up or your season will tank. In his case, if he goes too much differentials, it might just go badly. He might end up in the, you know, twenty k, thirty k, badly for him. But you know, <laughs> I'll be happy with that rank. But yeah, so it really depends on what you want. Then, I uh, hope you don't mind me calling you Dan. But <laughs> yeah, so are you really? Do you want to go all in, like top five k on nothing? Then go full differentials. If you're kind of happy with 10k, you want to maintain around there, then go safer, you know? Which means Salah, which means Kane, and things like that. What I would say is this. If you're, you were sitting 6k last week, then it I would assume that you've had what it was a really good season and your read of the season has been pretty good. You've been making a lot of good calls. So if I would just trust your judgment. Last season, I was ranked about 40k in the last four weeks and I managed to halve that down because... I captained Sterling in a week when no one wanted to captain him. And it got it down to like 15k. And that's where I, bought, I finished around 14, 15k. I wasn't trying to be differential. I just thought he was the best pick. And maybe it was easier because I didn't focus so much on EO back then. It wasn't so prevalent. It wasn't such a big deal. But ultimately, I think if you generally just feel, it sounds very simple, right? But if you think somebody's the best pick, go for it. Just keep doing what you've been doing all season. Especially somebody in your rank, you're clearly getting most of the calls right. So just back yourself. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're happy, right, just you know continue. But if you really want to push up, then <laughs> that's the way to go. You know, if you want to go for all or nothing sort of thing. If I were you, I would just continue to play the way I've been playing the whole season. It works for you, right? Even if you finish top twelve k, that's a very respectable rank, a rank that many of us will be jealous, <laughs> you know, to have. So yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, I, I... I can tell you that, you know, both of us have, have had ranks in top 20k, but it was never easy and it always felt like a slog. So you take that with both hands. So free hit picks, FPL matcha. Uh, what would be good picks for the free hit? Okay, we talked about Myers earlier and a Man City asset worth a shot definitely on a free hit because you can go in not worrying about next week's rotation, right? So people like Edison, Tricky, but somebody like John Stones who didn't play last week worth a shot. Who else would you consider on a free hit, Sam? One week only. Looking at the fixtures, I would go... Um, so a fixture to target would be Man City, right? Against Newcastle. Southampton, which plays Fulham. So I would consider Ings. Then Liverpool assets against West Brom. I think that's pretty um, clear. Everton against Sheffield. Oh, and Spurs against Wolves. So yeah, I would target players from those fixtures. We already covered who to who you can get from those fixtures. Yeah, so just looking at them, you've got uh, Ings against Fulham. You've got DCL and probably Dean against Sheffield United. Liverpool, you're on free hit. So go all in. Why not go Mane and Salah? I think and Trent. Yeah, that's what I would get if I could. Yeah, and Spurs, if you can afford it, Kane and Son. If you can't, then drop one and uh, go at least double. Yeah. Probably a Spurs defender? Eh. No. <laughs> Spurs <laughs> defense are so bad, man. But would you consider really Bale? To... No, I would not. I know he you know, had a hat trick and all that, but his minutes is still managed, right? So I wouldn't, actually. I would rather have Sun and Kane. 
Fair. I think having and, uh, both of them will already be a big differential because most people don't. Yeah, agreed. But definitely all the other options we mentioned. Definitely Danny Ings against Fulham. Very interesting shot. And I think you have to go with that now that Fulham's rele- Fulham is relegated and Ings is back. I, I really like that. I did heavily consider Ings, but then, you know, their next few fixtures are not so easy. I mean, they play Leeds next. That's tough. Then the last one is against West Brom, which is easier per se. But again, Southampton don't really have anything to play for. One. Two, they... Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fireworks here because uh, of idol victory. <laughs> yeah. Two, they themselves are not posting good numbers at all. But I think as a one-week pun, you know, for a free hit, yeah, Inks looks good. And I think we'll come to captaincy now, Sam, because we've covered free hit, right? So... FPL Circle, best fixtures and captaincy options to deploy triple captain. Salah and Trent v Palace, perhaps? Dude still has triple captain. I am amazed by somebody with the self-control who still has triple captain this week. Congratulations to you if you've held on to the chip that long. You've got better control over yourself than me. Sam, triple captain fixtures, anything standing out to you as we go to the end of the season? By the way, um, it says in the question Salah versus Crystal Palace, but they're actually playing West Brom. Uh, is he referencing a different week? Oh, they play Palace on the final day. That's what he's talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So he's talking about saving the triple captain for the final day. I would just go for it against West Brom. Yeah, but I mean, it could work because traditionally, the final day tends to be high-scoring weeks, right? So it could work. Yeah, but you know. could be in a situation where Liverpool have nothing to play for on final day because they've blown it by then. And then do you still want to, you know, where do you play your triple captain? Then you're really just flipping a coin. Yeah, then you go for, you know, Chris Wood versus <laughs> versus uh, Sheffield. It's worth a shot, but I feel that triple, a captaincy fine, but triple captain, I would still go for somebody who has something to play for, given the f- how many few fixtures we have. And I think Salah against West Brom is a decent shout if yeah, you're going to captain him anyway. Yeah, and it's going to be a really big game for them, I think. This West Brom game could decide potentially whether they get Champions League or not. So, of course, um, wait until the game against United goes ahead. Let's see how it goes, you know. Injuries, whatever, whatnot. But yeah, I think this looks like a good fixture to to play a triple captain for. And that takes us nicely into this week's captaincy because... Salah, obviously, an option to consider. You've got quite a few decent fixtures. You've got Everton v. Sheffield United, which we talked about earlier when we were considering free hit as well. Spurs v. Wolves, Southampton v. Fulham, Man City v. Newcastle. Where's your head at, Sam, for captain? I don't think I can look past Salah this week. Can I tempt you with somebody who plays Sheffield United this week? And I'm talking about DCL. Already on nine points for this week. You can tempt me, but I'm not tempted, so... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know DCL is just not explosive enough to be a captaincy option to me he tends to just get away with one goal right pretty much almost the whole season it's just one goal that's it at this stage I think I would take a captain with one goal because <laughs> my captaincy has been pretty bad these past few weeks but yeah I will always back an explosive so-called explosive option and you know Salah has the potential definitely more than DCL I will agree with explosiveness. I think that's the risk with DCL because you're right. He has only scored more than a goal twice this season against West Brom in game week two. That was the time where we all got him in after that, right? 
and against Fulham in game week nine. And apart from that, it's all been one goal, one goal, one goal. Yeah. Whereas Salah has that explosiveness, multiple double-digit holes, and he's a midfielder, so more points or clean sheets, goal scored. So Salah for me, I think. Can't look past. Yeah, I, I don't think it's much of a debate to have here. I think DCL would be a second-choice pick, if and probably for me... I may debate it, but it, it's hard to go. Unless Liverpool do so badly against United that I lose all faith in them. I think that's where I would go as well. Yeah. I think Spurs options are, you know, can be considered too. Home at home against Wolves. So Kane or Sun can be an option too. Because most people are going to be captain Liverpool uh, players, I think. Yeah, so and a lot of people have sold Spurs assets. So yeah. maybe worth a punt. Uh, I just have issues with Spurs at the moment. They just look like they're, they are, they seem something's not right. You know, against Leeds, they just didn't really have their best game. They looked quite defeated at the final whistle. Will they still have the motivation to keep pushing? I'm starting to get worried about that. Yeah. I did say something about this though in the previous week. Don't know if you remember. I questioned whether it was really Spurs who did well or just Sheffield that made them look good. You did say that. Yeah. But, you know, it is Leeds. Leeds are a good team. So, next week they could bounce back against Wolves. True. And Wolves haven't been doing uh, too great recently uh, as well. Um, we didn't talk about uh, West Ham Brighton. Uh, maybe a week ago, I would have said definitely I would go in captain. But given uh, the issues they had against Everton, probably captaincy is not where I would go for West Ham now. Especially also when you look back at the fact that Liverpool have West Brom. West Brom are going down. Everton have Sheffield United. Sheffield United have been poor. I think there are better options up uh, from the West Ham guys for captaincy. I agree. I agree. And that's the pod. We'll just quickly finish up with the mini league. Uh, Nigel Lim, 2,355 points. He got 107 this week on a bench boost, Sam. He saved his bench boost for this week. And obviously, he has his two keepers, right? Edward Mendy and Fraser Foster. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> just like 20, 21 points already just from the keeper. It's, it's ridiculous. He's now top 700 in the world. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Wow. And crazy. It's just going up and up and up. And FPL Marcha, who is the highest ranked player in our league so far this week, with an insane bench boost score of 123 on a minus four. And counting. He has wow. the same goalkeeper combo and he has Christian Benteke on his bench, Sam, with 15 points. <laughs> what a punt. Insane the seeds, congratulations! And that—that's—that is it, right? You take these weird puns that nobody would believe in you. People would have laughed at you. You said you bring Christian Benteke a few weeks ago. Hey, it works, man. Sometimes. That's all I think for us this week, Sam. So good luck, everyone. Green arrows. We'll post our teams as usual before the deadline. See you all next week. Oh, this is big.